now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Football Friday here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Happy Veterans Day out there to all of our veterans and all of our listeners who I'm sure are very appreciative of all of our veterans. We'll talk some college football, talk some pro football, a little bit of Penn State spliced in there as well. Unfortunately, that story continues on. We'll jump off the sports page, maybe even do a little sports guys talk politics. Big dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Two Guys at a Mic off and running. I don't exactly know if we're off and running. Uh, Big Dog, if we were a, you know, like a marathon race, and you would judge the typical show that we have, do we, uh, are we sprinting out of the gate? Do we coast? Do we finish strong? Are we pace setters? Are we, uh, you know, are we strong? How would you rate us as racers in our one-hour talk show here? Uh, I would have to say that we're sprinters, but the problem is it is a marathon. Sad I mean, but true at that, times. We, we get that early lead. We're yes. like the guy from Angola who takes the lead in the Olympic <laughs> marathon for the first seven miles just so he can, you know, all his buddies back home can root for him. Ooh, the you truth know? hurts. The truth, we're like a rabbit, right? That's what yeah. the rabbit does. The rabbit is, is the marathon person who comes out and sprints out so as to set a quick pace, but then kind of falls by the wayside and lets the stronger runners finish. Yeah, that, that basically, yeah, we set the pace. and We come up with terms like football Friday. Yep rapid fire stuff like that and then they get swallowed up by espn years after they finally you know after they listen to the program we've actually gotten better that under the tutelage of our uh, producer psychologist our ombudsman our father figure whoever would call him probably all those and more combined david olson because i remember back in our morning break days we always had a problem we'd start out fired up we'd and then as the show would go on we would go into coast mode and um sometimes it got problematic but i think we've improved in that area I'm gonna, I would have to say yes, and it has something to do with the fact that I move constantly while we do the show. Yes. If you had me sitting down for two hours, eventually I was going to just mold into the seat. Yes, that is a uh, key thing. That's right. If the two of us are in the same room together looking at each other, the enthusiasm can wane very quickly. More <laughs> importantly, Big Dog, it's our salute to the troops. Veterans Day yes. Friday, yes. and it's a football Friday. Got a big slate of college football games, pro football games. Still got the whole Penn State situation to talk about. Lots to get into today. We can, uh, of course, get into it with our listeners here. You can get into it with us. 888 48, a happy Veterans Day to you uh, and yours, Big Dog. I don't know if you have any immediate family members, but I know you are touched on a regular basis by the veterans. Uh, I, Pardon the expression. You know, my, dad, my dad was actually, at, in Vietnam, my dad was the tip of the bayonet. And what I mean by that was my dad was the guy that uh, basically led uh, basically a whole entire battalion Okay, he'd be the guy that would lead in front, crawling through the jungle, mm-hmm. and then he would tell everybody where to go. And I'm talking about telling, like, the captain where everybody was located, uh, the Viet Cong were located, wow. and then tell them where to drop the bombs in. My dad was a highly decorated wow. veteran. He had one of the most difficult jobs in the history of Vietnam. When, anybody who knows exactly what I'm talking about, 
called him the tip of the bayonet for a battalion is exactly what it was. This is not your not your grandpa, but your dad. My father. So he was the one that would roll through. And, you know, I didn't know this story until after he had passed away when my dad would never talk about Vietnam. I would ask him questions about it. He would never talk about it. Later on in life, one day I was painting his house for basically no money, so I figured he owed me something. So he started opening up. And I honestly think that might be what it is. He had no money, so he's paying me like 100 bucks for about 50 hours worth of work. Mm-hmm. So and I guess he just figured, hey, I'll, I'll, kids been asking this whole life. So he starts telling me all these stories, and they're hilarious, Coach. They're, like, I'm cracking up. He's telling me all these like stories. I will never forget one of them. Every single detail I'll remember, okay? Mm-hmm. And they're worth telling on air. And he never said anything. The only serious story he told me was the fact that uh, one day him and his, his uh, group are like, crossing a river, and as it's happening, bullets go right in front of him wow. in the river. Like, and he felt the water, and he said that. Like, he's like, I couldn't move. He's like, I... and here's my dad, the tip of the bay, and that crawling through the jungle by himself, radioing. He was the radio guy, the radio operator, and calling back, telling, everybody, telling the captain where to send everybody and where to, where to drop the bombs. Next, you know, he's so scared he can't even move. And one of his, the guys behind him noticed what happened was instead, like, he boloed him, like, between his legs under the river, threw him up over his shoulder, wow. and got him out of the line of fire. That's the only serious story he ever told me. And then after he passed away, we find this chest of all these medals, letters from the president, letters from his cat, un- unbelievable stuff, Coach, like, teardrop and stuff from my brother and I. We had no idea. And my mom was like, I, I didn't know. She's like, I don't know. He just came back a wacko. That's all that I can know about. What How about did did uh, what uh, did mom? No, did no she talk? What he did. did he talk more to mom about it? Yeah, she just said it really whacked him out. So I guess maybe she <laughs> did know, but she she acts like she doesn't talk about it. Like I bring up a word, she's like, I don't want to talk about it because she's like, your mm-hmm. father was 180 degrees different yep. when he left from Vietnam and when he came back, and yep. she's like, I didn't like the result of it. Yeah, you hear so, you hear that a lot. We all, you know, you obviously hear about the deaths, and then very secondarily, you, you don't hear enough about it as the. Uh, you know, physical injuries that so many of the war veterans come back with. But then there's the whole psychological thing that, you know, at the very least, it seems like you come back with minor and a lot of them have major that they really never get over. So there's the some of the damages of war. I had never heard that story about your dad. He, so he was literally in the line of fire out oh, there in the Viet Cong. Yeah, without question. I mean, he, uh, uh, they call it was called, considered a specialist four. And the four is basically like the infantry and like uh, – mm-hmm. Basically, he'd be the one and drop the bombs. And he's got, I got this letter here from Lyndon Bates Johnson. And in it, it says that uh, he had 20,000 successful strikes with, uh, with, with none gone awry, basically. He, for 20, over 20,000 times, my dad told these people where to drop a bomb, and it was exactly in the right spot. Which is absolutely amazing. So my dad would have to legitimately take out one of those things where he would actually take take it out and measure it the exact distance, then have to radio it back to somebody who would yeah. actually have to put the right coordinates into uh, into whatever they were using, whatever type of bomb they were dropping on yeah. people, whether it was mortar shells or a tank. By the way, for all the uh, young listeners out there, we have a lot of kids out of school today, big dogs. So keep your programming appropriate. So far, outstanding job. Uh, this is not a video game that the uh, big dog is describing. I think Call of Duty, the big new video game that just came out, my kids are very excited. But this is real, the real stuff. Yeah. This is the real thing. And when your dad is trying to figure out where to, you, whatever you were just describing, he doesn't exactly have like a, you know, an iPad with him that he can knock in an app. 
Just want to yeah. make sure the young kids out there actually realize, you know, this is the real thing. And you would have to do it just like with one of those eyeglass things, read it out real quick and yep. figure out exactly how far he had to go and then successfully uh, he would have to – and then, well, it's kind of easy. Those guys, if you're in a tank or a mortar, that's easy. Mm-hmm. That's the easy part. They just put the coordinates in my head, put in, and just blow the thing up. So uh, mm. now my ex, my ex, the one that was a state's attorney coach, her dad, believe this or not, did exactly what my dad did in the Korean War. So when I told him what my dad was, he was like, no way. And then I was like, you know, he never said anything to me about it. Well, my ex was like, well, my dad will tell you every single thing that ever happened to him. So he basically went through everything that my dad would have to do in a day for me. He was like, this is what your dad what day would consist of. So you've you experienced. It blew me away, Coach. I, I saw my dad as a guy that wanted to watch sports. Like decent care of us could have been a better dad, all that stuff. But you know what I mean. I never, like, never knew he was even capable of doing that type of stuff. So I was really. Where, where was this? Uh, where did you discover the hidden treasure box or the secret box that he kept all this? Uh... It was. Uh, it was in his. It was in his house. Okay, and it, it was funny. He's like, he, uh, you know, he, he said something. To my mom, like, yeah, I left thousands of dollars there. Blah, blah, blah. So my brother and I start looking through the house. We start going and saying, we found that first, which we were much happier. So we keep looking, and then we found $2,000. We started laughing. Yeah, wow. we found thousands of dollars in the house. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, two, two, hey, two is plural. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just laughed. It was like, that's typical of my dad. Two so. is plural. Come on, give the guy a break. He was he was grammatically correct, if not uh, effectively correct. Any of our fa- fans out there, if you uh, you know certainly were in the war, or your uh, parents were, you got any stories to relate? Thoughts? We'd love to hear from you here on our salute to the troops, Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there. Our phone number, if you want to check in, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. If stories are too emotional or you don't feel comfortable coming on the radio, I can't imagine why the big dog and the coach user friendly. Sports Talk Radio, you got nothing to worry about, but if you'd rather email it in, Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C, and the number two, Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, did you yourself, uh, you got the look, you got the uh, the toot, if you will, to succeed in the military. As a young man coming out of Downers Grove North High School, did the thought ever enter the cranial scullage of a Joel Redwanski about entering the military? You know, if you know, if I could do it all over again, the cranial scullage. I, I if I could do it all over again, because I would definitely have gone to the military and then gone back and uh, played Division One college football. Because in between the ages of seventeen, mm-hmm. when I would, which I would, when I was in the, like my first year, my first game in college football, I was seventeen years old playing college football, and I still didn't have my grown man foot. When I was nineteen, coach, two years. Directly afterwards, oh my goodness, I was 225 pounds and I ran just like I did when I was 172 years earlier. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, wow, I, I became a man. I was just so much smaller than everybody my senior. So I would mm-hmm. definitely, if I could do it over again, I would have joined the military in 1990 and basically saved all my money, GI Bill, and then played Division One football somewhere two years later. That's just, if I would redo it over again, I would have done that, and that's only if I'd have been able to survive the war in Iraq. A desert storm would have happened. That I would have, had, and I still would. I'd be more than willing to go fight in a war to have the chance to redo my football career. You would have had no problem fighting in a war that uh, many felt was questionable. Any any 
thought process is there. I don't want to open up a whole can of worms. We do got no, 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 he, no, no, no. He's he's talking about the he's talking about the first one. Ah, yeah, he's talking about the first one because if he would have gone in in 1990, okay. he would have been in Kuwait. Got you. Mm-hmm. So I think like, I thought of that when I'm sitting there. So that you know, going back to that war, that was I know obviously the Vietnam War was the first war ever covered by the media in terms of. Yes, World War II and all that had news correspondents out there, but it was different in Vietnam because you were getting, like, same-day coverage of stuff that was going on. Well, the Iraq War for the United States wasn't same-day. It was up to the second Bernard Shaw hanging out of a window saying, hey, they're bombing that area of the city yeah. right over there right now. A couple and of times I think they had college game day there with Kirk and uh, and Lee Corso and Chris Fowler. You'd have Brett Musburger come on and say, you're looking live at the Iraqi oil fields. When, 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 I have to admit, when Corso put on the Schwarzkopf headgear, <laughs> those Iraqi people went crazy. They went crazy. I, mean, I thought they were going to kill him for real. Cause that was, was worse than the, the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State kick <laughs> a couple of years ago. It was a great wow. moment at the time, but something Corso lived to regret. Yes, he, he probably said, you know, I should have just put in the Saddam hat just, yeah. just for the heck of it. You know, just, yeah. that was safe for the guy. Corso, I think, uh, also said he took David in the 40 points against Goliath. I'm not sure if that was him. Or, uh... <laughs> now, in 1991, it was January of 91 when uh, the war actually started. I mean, they went down there to try to force him out of Because I'm pretty sure Saddam went in in, like, August of 1990 when he went through Kuwait and took all the gold out of the banks. Mm-hmm. Started and, burning and, you know, the oil fields. It, yeah, it sort of like took it took like four or five uh, months before like the U.S. actually attacked and tried to do it, uh, when that happened. And I remember it was January and Mac Murray had J terms, so we had three <laughs> semesters. The middle semester was only a month long, so you would take one class for a month. Mm-hmm. And basically, as a freshman, we had to write a ten-page paper. It was a three-week class, ten-page paper. It was it's hellish, coach. Mm-hmm. You have to like I can't even explain how in depth these papers had to be. And None of us did anything. The whole entire campus is sitting in front of a television watching CNN. The, the highest ratings ever in CNN history were during that time up to that point. And I just, I remember thinking, wow, I could be in this wall right now if I would have made one different, if I just didn't love football so much. That's exactly what I'd be doing right mm-hmm. now. But so, so you, you mentioned that's how you looked back on it. But at the time, was it ever a consideration? Did you think about it, talk about it with your parents, or were you pretty much on the fast track to head to college? No, there was there was no doubt about it. I had basically i I had a lot of larger offers that kind of fell through when they were you know I'm 170 pounds playing you know strong side linebacker, so I you know, I go to a smaller school. If I didn't even have the, the, the amount of grant McMurray College gave me to play, that was ridiculous, coach. So I'm like, you know what? going to cost me about $6,000 over four years to go to a school. That's $25,000 a year. I'm like, you know, this is basically a scholarship, so I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. It's, I made the right decision. But then again, you know, looking back, uh, so like when I, was, and when I was there in college hanging out with my, like these friends that I'm still friends with to this day, basically going to class, having a good time playing football, I did not regret at all not being in Iraq getting shot at at that moment, I will yep. admit to you full-heartedly, Coach. Cause, suddenly, yeah. suddenly playing against that tough middle linebacker from Elmhurst Community College didn't <laughs> seem quite so uh, so daunting, huh, when you looked at some of the TV coverage. It I is just a- want to let you know, Coach, that the inside linebacker, four-year starter at Elmhurst <laughs> College between 1990 and 93, the four seasons that I played, yeah. was Rick Heckman. I know him, so I can't believe you brought him up, and yes, <laughs> 
it wouldn't have been that tough playing no. Rick Hackman. It would have yeah. been an awful lot of fun. Got to put so. things in perspective. It's our Veterans Day. Salute to the Troop Show with the big dog and the coach. We'll play a little beat the schmoes, make our football predictions, some NFL and college games to a preview indeed. Our phone number here if you want to check in, 888-463-6748. You've probably heard it already, big dog, but kind of odd. Uh in politics today, we hear the Herman Cain 999. Well, today, date was, I don't think it has anything to do with Veterans Day, it's just coincidence, but it is 11-11-11. Not sure if it has any significance, but um, happy 11-11-11 to you and yours. Coach, Keep you your hands off mine. I've, I've, been, I've been in hot pursuit of a young lady. What does that okay. have to do with 11-11-11? I'm making it a point. We're going, I'm finding a restaurant, and I've got a couple options that have the address 11-11. Somewhere. Uh, I like it. Today. And I like I'm it. asking her, like, like doing like the official thing. I know it's kind of cheesy, but I'm like, hey, are you going to be my girlfriend? Mm-hmm. How I'm about if you wrote up, you know, 11 reasons why I love you so much? Well, I don't know about the love, Coach. I want to make sure that it, that's, I want, okay. that's another thing I want to drop on her on another day. Okay. okay. Yeah, once again, I opened up my Facebook page, and you got uh, Lily the Lilac right up close and personal, and you talk about guys uh, dating up. You, my friend, have you're, you're like walking the stairs of John Hancock to get to Lily the Lilac. Lovely young lady. Oh my goodness, coach, she's she's unbelievable, and yes. uh, it's, it's going to be kind of tough. She's going to Taiwan with her friends for for like two weeks, staying in like mud baths and doing all that crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I guess I, it will be. We'll find out if I really like her as much as I feel like I do. So we get a few. Like did you like the John McKay reference in the quote that I put on her? I'm not sure I noticed it. What was it? I'm a big fan of okay, John McKay. So- so there's a picture of me and her, and it says, obviously, she's too good looking for me, but I make up for it by smelling bad and being yeah. stupid. Okay. I, I saw that quote. I didn't know it was connected to John McKay. Well, you know, he had, the, I think, one of the greatest quotes in the history of, of football. Since this is a football Friday, we can get back to it, even though we are going to keep on talking about the veterans. Uh, but John McKay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, when they were they started out 0-26, lost their first 26 games as a football team, somewhere along the line, Somebody asked him, you know, like, uh, asked him about his team's execution, and he said, well, I'm all for it. <laughs> I think he also he said, said if, if lessons are learned in defeat, boy, are we getting a tremendous education. <laughs> that might have been you John know, McKay. I, I think what the, the best line he ever used, besides the ex- execution line, was, was this one, what he said, you know what, we didn't block anybody today, and we made up for it by not tackling. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're going to lose, you might as well have a sense of humor, right? By the way, he went on to win a whole heck of a lot of games for the uh, University of Southern California. But, yeah. um, you know, it's interesting getting back to the Veterans Day real quick. And I do want to get to the football preview again. Phone lines open if you want to check in. Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. David Olson via the wonders of the Internet. We Our show could be heard. There could be some infantrymen. uh in and Afghanistan now, in Iraq, wherever they might be, we got uh, some in Africa too right now, right? That could be listening to the show. It's possible. Coach, we have U.S. military on every continent, probably in every country in the world. Listening to the Internet. Yeah. See, I think we'd be good. I think we'd be good therapy for uh, some of the military personnel out there. After a long, hard day out in the... Uh, you know, patrolling the streets of Iraq, you come back, listen to the big dog and the coach. I don't want to brag or anything, big dog, but I think we'd be therapeutic to some extent. And you got to think, like in Afghanistan right now, it's about nine o'clock. Yeah, you perfect. Know, you're, you're chilling out, looking yeah. at you on the webcam. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but the point I was going to make—it's—it's. It's, 
how do I describe it? The, our, our salute to the veterans, our admiration for them, it is different now than when it was in your dad's or even a little bit later generation, my dad's generation. And it's like, yes, we're all in admiration and we all salute to the veteran, but it's like not many of us are directly connected to people that are in the military. It's like they're Americans, but they're other people. Back in the World War One, World War Two days, you know, so many young men went to serve. It was like it was part of everybody. The, the people there were part of the core. It was in your neighborhood. It was in your, you know, very often in your house. I don't know if I'm getting the point across. No, no, now no, no, it's no. like there's, there's almost a separate, an admiration, but a separation. They're not as ingrained into society as they used to be. You know, I'm glad you if went that. Makes that makes any sense. I thought, no, it does, because I thought you were going in the direction of, like, kids nowadays don't appreciate and all that. And you know what? In a sense, Coach, I do think you're right that we don't – everyone as a whole doesn't give a tip of the hat to the people that are fighting for us enough. Pretty close. But, you know, you do bring up a good point about that, because the size of our military is dramatically smaller, and definitely in wartime, than it used to be. These soldiers now – the, the, our, our military is so technologically advanced, and these guys are so honed and so sharpened and skilled, they don't have anywhere near the size of the military. So, in a sense, there's a lot less people serving. Their job is obviously just as important as it's ever been, but there's just fewer people doing that job that maybe you're right, there's more of a disconnect. Because, you know, I, I have friends over there, Coach. I, many, believe this or not, even though I'm, I'm 39, you would think I'd have a lot less, but I've had, like, I'm friends with career, like, captains, uh, Captain Mike Wilson, who has been in Afghanistan the last three years, and basically he was—they called him the mayor of the Iraqi airport because in 2003, when they invaded, his group took over the, the Iraqi airport, and he was the mayor of the Iraqi airport, and now he's in Afghanistan. So uh, mm-hmm. basically, right when they said they were going to move him about a month ago, before even I, like Obama said that they were out, about a week before he went to Afghanistan, he's taken over a unit that's, right. that's over there. So and then I have another guy. Uh, Eddie Valdez, and I brought up many times on this, he's the most highly decorated uh, uh, Navy SEAL in the in the U.S. Army. Oh, excuse me, U.S. Army, excuse me, in the U.S. Navy right now. And, you know, these guys, I mean, he is in harm's way legitimately half the days that he's over there. I mean, when I mean like tip of the bayonet form of being in, in danger when they're over there. So I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends, Coach, so maybe I am more in touch with it. And I totally yeah. feel what so- I understand what you're saying. So you know some people directly, but if you walk down the streets of Chicago right now and just stop people, do you have a you know family member or do you know someone directly in the military? I'm guessing maybe one out of 20. So for the large majority of us, it's kind of a, you know, and again, tremendous admiration. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything more in agreement in this separated society here in the United States right now. I think the one thing that's almost unanimous is admiration for the veterans, for the people serving in the military. But it is different now than it used to be because we don't know people and it's not as direct. And I've always advocated, if we're going to go to war, if you make the decree that it's important enough to go to war, those people on the committee, you know, the congressman, the senator, the president, then you need to send your kid. Okay? If you're going to send our kids, your kids need to go. And then we'll know how important it is. How about this, Coach? How about... We don't go and fight some war that nobody really understands if the people deciding to fight that war happen to have friends and themselves owning 
large portions of stock in these companies that are getting hundreds of billions of dollars to send people overseas to mm-hmm. fight? How about that? I like that, that too. I would say is the idea of what Dick Cheney did to the United States economy and to and basically how many people have died because of uh, him basically making sure Halliburton got all these contracts when the U.S. military could have washed their own dishes in the first place. It's one of the most sickest things that I, I can ever, yep. ever comprehend. Yep. You got that, this whole that. Halliburton, Blackwater garbage. When yep. we had a, our army is strong enough and good enough to take care of all that stuff that they did. That yep. those hundreds of billions of dollars a year that Halliburton was receiving could have been used to put taking care of all that for about a for about a one percent of what they paid for it. You just, I just, the, the, yeah, and they, and they could have taken that. Through. They could have taken that money and, uh, and and invested in whatever that protective armor was that was very expensive to put underneath the Humvees, so that uh, a good portion of our soldiers that died in Iraq would not have got blown up in Humvees driving over the uh, explosive devices. Yeah, amen, Coach. You, yeah. you got you got guys that are that are basically. Just say you're a captain in the U.S. Army, okay, and you're, you're, you come up and you've been in there long enough that you can leave at your own discretion. Well, you're making $75,000 a year with mm-hmm. decent pay, not enough for what really what you're doing. Oh, but guess what? Halliburton's going to give you a half-million-dollar-a-year job that the U.S. government taxpayer is probably paying about $2 million a year for you to do that job. Oh, then now you finally have the Humvee that's got the protective army. you got everything. And you do about 10% of the work, but what you do is highly important. Why can't the U.S. military do exactly what you're getting? I don't understand any of that stuff, Coach. And I know people specifically that have done that. Quit the U.S. Army and basically got a safer job, and they were getting paid 10 times, 7 times what they used to get paid. Mm-hmm. At the Big Dog and his uh, traditional Salute to the Troop Show, always one of our highlights. I think this is our ninth or tenth Salute to the Troop Show, Big Dog, and I always know you get passionate about it. Again, folks, you want to call up 888-463-6748. My mom always used to put things in perspective. She says there's uh, lots of people that want to go out and save the world, but very few that want to help their moms wash the dishes. Wow. How's that, that, how's that for putting things in real-life perspective? All right. You know what? Yeah, I like that. I'm going to actually use that for future games. <laughs> use it with your mom. Let's get out to a little football Friday here. Go out to our first caller. We're playing uh, and beat the schmoes here. We'll talk some college football and NFL football and continue with our salute to the troops, too, talking uh, on Veterans Day with uh, the big dog, Joe Redwanski. Out to the phone lines we go. Checking in line number 14. It is Wisconsin John. Checking in on football Friday, Wisconsin. What's going on, guys? And if I can, just before I get to the picks, I know you guys are talking about Veterans Day, um, and never will you hear me say Happy Veterans Day because, you know, it's nothing happy about a war. Um, I will always say have a thoughtful Veterans Day and have a, you know, thankful Veterans Day because that's what we need to be doing with the, the veterans that have continued and still protecting our freedom no matter where they are abroad. Um, that they have a hard job, and we got to remember too: these are young men and women that are serving our military, and really given their ultimate sacrifice at times for our freedom. So, if you can thank a veteran, have a thoughtful, kind thought for veterans, and let's not forget about their families who allowed them to be able to continue to defend our freedom. Well said, well said by Wisconsin John. Big big dog was here. I think he'd be tearing up a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm just. It's just you're from Wisconsin. That means you're drunk. Those are pretty good thoughts for 10:30 <laughs> in the morning. 
Seriously, I'm impressed. Seriously, that's pretty yeah. coherent. No, well said, Wisconsin John. You want to put in thoughts like that, listeners? Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. Uh, often, Wisconsin John football, they use military terms, right? The bomb and the blitz, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of connections between the two. But uh, it is a big football weekend coming up. we got collegiate football, NFL football, and your three picks. Are you going NFL, college, or are you uh, a guy that likes things a little mixed up and varied? I'm going to put it in a little combo here. Ah. I'm going to start off with the with the Vikings at the Packers. And, you know, there was two different spreads, and maybe a big dog can, you know, sort this out. Yeah, I'm going to have to Vegas and Saturday. What's Pardon that? Me? I'll, I'll take care of it, so I'll let you know. Thir- Thirteen and a half, Big John. Thirteen and a half. You got it. I'm going to take the Packers over the Vikings with that thirteen and a half. And by the way, I think Dave Olson needs a little nickname. I think he should be called Dastardly Dave Olson because it's unbelievable. That guy said he he's like Packers cover every single week. He he's got me, he's got me convinced. What a game last week. Guys on fire, absolutely on fire. Now, are you aware, uh, Wisconsin? I don't know if you're a superstitious guy or not. But the Green Bay Packers in mass, about twelve of them, with Aaron Rodgers, scruffy beard, and all front and center cover of Sports Illustrated this week. I don't know if you're into superstitions, but you are aware of the Sports Illustrated jinx. I am I am aware of it, and I think they're already getting in playoff mode and, and having their beers going on, and okay. I think this is going to be a good thing. So, All right. Packers giving up the 13-and-a-half. Next on a salute to the troops Friday, beat the Schmoes. Pick any three games against the point spread. Other shows play beat the pros. We hear the two guys in a mic show play beat the Schmoes. Second pick, big jump. We're going to stay up north, and we're going to continue to go up to Minnesota where the Badgers are at Minnesota. The Badgers are favored, I believe, by 27 points. I'm going to take the Badgers in that. I think they're going to cover. I think they're still playing angry, and I don't think Minnesota has anything for them. Wow. Another Wisconsin-Minnesota battle. Interesting. I, I bet, big dog, I'm not sure, but I get a bet his third pick is the Bucks over the Minnesota Timberwolves. It would be if there was something called basketball. Oh, there anymore. might be. Now, that's, that's the Paul Bunyan axe game, and that was going to be one of my picks, which is now eliminated. I will not take Wisconsin anymore. How much of the Badgers are giving up? How many points? 27. 27. You dare to insult one of my favorite coaches, Dr. Jerry Kill, by picking against his team with 27 points. Wisconsin, John, you should be ashamed. I am ashamed, but I still win that game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I can all tell, right, you're, my, can my tell you're all broken up about that. All right, game three. Game three. Well, we're going to go down to Chicago. No! Get the Lions against no! the Bears. Don't do it. Uh, again, I, I'm not too sure. I've seen two and a half. I've seen one and a half on the spread. Uh, big dog, what does the Vegas have on that? Uh, my my computer just locked up, so the coach is going to have to give Whatever. How about Chicago uh, Bears by three? Wow. Okay. Really? I think I'm going to take the Bears on that one. I think that's a good uh, pick. Lions have been, you know, I I don't think the Lions have been playing what they have been in the, you know since the beginning. The Bears, I think their offensive line proved something last week. But I hope they continue that. They're at home. Uh, I still think the secondary of the of the Chicago Bears are still struggling, but I don't think they're struggling enough where they're not going to you know Cutler will get that time if that offensive line shows up like they did last week. The Bears, I think, are going to win by way more than three points. Beautiful. Yeah, that's what I want to show. The Bears' secondary struggled a lot more when they went against uh, Rodgers, Breeze, and Matt Stafford three weeks in a row. Just, just to let you know, that was they struggled a lot during that era. Yeah. So that Matt, <laughs> Matt Stafford not exactly healthy as much. I, I do like that pick because you know, just generally in the NFL, if you see a team play absolutely horrible against a team, 
they play so much better the second time they play them that season. The Bears had nine false starts in that game. I, I honestly see the Bears playing uh, tremendously better than they did against Detroit that first time, and they only lost by seven in that game. So, and to be honest, guys, I think the Lions and Bears game is my NFL game of the week. It, you know, that game is just going to be a, a mm-hmm. pretty good game, and I think the Bears. Like I said, if their offensive line shows up, I think it's going to be, you know, a really good, great game. Beautiful. Wisconsin John, for being our guest today, we do have a gift certificate for you and a special guest, a romantic dinner and wine at the Redhead Piano Bar, very popular in the city of Chicago. You and Nadamakan Sue will be our special guest. The two of you will share a cozy booth, courtesy of your friends here at the Two Guys in a Mic Show. Well, thank you so much, Wisconsin John. <laughs> Wisconsin Johnny is going to expect a foot rub. <laughs> yeah, and no, no rubby rubbies under the table. Keep it all above board, please. All okay, right. that means the feet have to be above the table, right? Yeah, absolutely. I certainly hope so. Beautiful, Wisconsin. <laughs> we appreciate your calling in, and especially your uh, your uh, truly heartfelt thoughts on uh, our American military. Thank you, guys. Great show. Later. Good job, Wisconsin John. <laughs> Oh, goodness. 888-463-6748. Bears taking on the Lions, 315 Sunday. By the way, my one and only game, I will be in attendance this year, Big Dog. I typically do this every year, you know, because I forget, even though I go once a year. But some do's and don'ts for me at Soldier Field and the Bears game. Um, It's been 365 days since I made my last appearance. Any suggestions for me come 3 o'clock Sunday as I enter the pearly gates of Soldier Field? Now, you don't want my suggestions. You don't ever do anything that I do. I, 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 tend, to, I tend to be a little bit more uh, rambunctious than you, Coach. Yeah, but but I, uh, I enjoy hearing. Even if I don't follow them, it's entertaining just to hear your suggestions. Now, uh, the best <laughs> thing is to get one of those, um, it, like the flask that you decide to bring into the game, okay? Yep. They patch you down really, really good, okay? you gotta make you got to make a determination which line to get into by patting somebody. So mm-hmm. that, that's one of the key things. It's not just how you hide it. You know, it's which line you particularly go to. you got to go to the laziest particular person that you see, okay? And when you're sneaking something in to smell bad, isn't that's not a bad decision. So eat a lot of onions, eat a lot of garlic when they came up to you and, and ah, talk to you to see how drunk you are. Okay. Just breathe on them. And they won't smell the alcohol. So they're like, oh, my goodness, where did that guy just eat? They'll just let you go in, Coach. That's, so, but then, he, then nobody wants to sit next to you when you're See, in the game. So that's is, an issue. This is the kind of solid practical advice the big dog can opt up. People are taking notes right now. Very good. Now, you're not driving, right? I will not be driving. Okay, so um, that's always a key plus. Now, uh, you're going to layer, right? Everybody knows you got to layer. you got to wear yep. two socks. you got to Okay, now you have to practice the fight song. You got to know all the words to the fight song of Chicago Bears. Do you know them, Coach? Yeah, probably not. Okay, now that's one of the most disappointing things ever. But I'm very good at making things up as I go. So I will, I'll sing it loud and proud with everybody else, but the, the lines I forget, I'm pretty good at instantly coming up with stuff. And, and people, it's, you know, people, it's sort of like waiting in line. If people don't realize that I don't know the words. By the way, I just want to let you know, I, I ask people, hey, are there any Bears fans? I do it every every day on my tour, Okay. And when they say, oh, yeah, I'm a Bear fan, I'm like, okay, anybody who can sing Bear Down Chicago Bears doesn't have to carry their kayak back up. <laughs> Not one person yet this year has known the fight, the lyrics yeah. of the fight song until like the <laughs> second to last tour of the year. This woman sings it to me perfectly. And I'm like, how the heck did you, you that's awesome. And she's like, well, I'm a, I'm a second grade teacher. And that's the first thing that we do. Like one of the first projects of the year before the first game is, uh, 
have all their third or second graders know the words to Bear Down Chicago Bears. I was like, thank you, I wanted to hug this woman. So if I had a cool. school, we would be called Ditka Elementary School, and at the start of each day, we'd sing the pledge of or say the pledge of allegiance and sing Bear Down Chicago Bears to start every day. And then we do some deep knee bends. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! All right, any other uh, advice while I'm in there? Hopefully, I would think. And one of the people I'm going with mentioned the 12 o'clock games don't tend to be as rowdy. People are still kind of a little bit of wake-up mode. 315 games, people got a little kickstart, if you'll say. Might be a little bit more of a, a charged atmosphere, if I could put that so gently. Without question. Now, what you need to do, Coach, it's not like the Bears ever going to go bad. But you got to get one of those mega, mega um, coolers, those massive ones. You get two of them, Okay. And and I know you don't need to make money, but you go to you go to a Bears game and you bring yourself five hundred beers, okay? You and your three buddies, you know, you end up drinking fifty of them, mm-hmm. okay? But you got four hundred and fifty <laughs> left that you can sell at two bucks a piece. Next, you know, there's a party in front of your place. Well, the next next thing you know, there's the Chicago Police Department in front of your place. Where the hell are you going to sell four hundred and fifty beers and not get arrested? I, I've done it. I, I would have to say in my life a thousand times and haven't been arrested. No, maybe about 500 times I've actually done that. Really? David Olson, he's admitting to that here on the two guys in a mic show. Now, based on what's happened at Penn State, do we, is it our duty to, uh, you know, call the authorities and inform them that illegal activities and possibly the influence? I mean, God forbid Big Dog actually sold a beer to someone under the age of 18. Well, I definitely never did that. Okay. And I, and I did it mostly at concerts, not at Bears game. Yeah, I remember Bears that. Game, we, so it's it's a lot different. Grateful Dead concerts, right? What's up? Well, you spent one summer. I think you said it was the highest paying job you ever had, tax free, selling uh, beer and going around to Grateful Dead concerts, right? Wasn't that you? Without question, without question, it was the yeah. highest paying job that I would have. It came out to about about two hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I work about four hours every yeah. single concert, and then go to the next concert. I've done that for Dave Matthews. Grateful Dead was a little difficult because I had to go into the concert because I loved them so much. Dave Matthews was fine. I made a fortune on those because uh, there weren't as many people selling beer, and I didn't care about going in. So mm-hmm. I would basically spend like six, seven hours selling beer. And that, without question, Coach, one of the most fun jobs I've ever had in my entire life, even though it really wasn't legal. It's outstanding. Big Dog and a coach here the two guys at a mic show. Football Friday. Salute to the troops right up until 11 o'clock. Limited to a one-hour show. Sorry about that. we got to keep moving along. College football this weekend. Pro football. Real quick, Big Dog, let's touch on the Penn State situation. I don't know if there's been any major updates from yesterday. Really doesn't seem like it, but... Um, Let's talk about the atmosphere tomorrow. I was trying to think like how, the announcers to the game. Ooh, that's got to be a tough job. How do you handle that? The players, the coaches. Uh, if you can put yourself in that particular situation, what do you think? You know, the, and the sad thing is, it without all the stuff going around, that it actually could have been a great football game, Nebraska and Penn State, in a key matchup. It still could be an absolute great game, but you're right. Obviously, there's a massive dark cloud over this game. Supposedly, I know everybody hears that Nebraska is saying they're concerned about the players' safety after the rioting and all this other stuff. But supposedly the chancellor at Nebraska was threatening not to come to Penn State because uh, if if, uh, Joe Paterno was on the sidelines. I don't know if this is true or not. That's a rumor that was coming out yesterday that Nebraska was like, well, we want nothing to do with that guy. We will not come out there and play the football game. They were going to forfeit the game supposedly. 
I don't know if this yeah, is true. What, what about what about the sixty kids in the Penn State team that have been working all week? I think this is their final home game. To add weird to the already extremely weird, I think it's Senior Day mm-hmm. for the Pennsylvania State University kids that have put in four years. So I would tell that Nebraska President Chancellor, whatever he might be. Uh, you know, the program is bigger than Joe Paterno and a couple of the coaches. Think about the players, too, and play the game. I think the fans, Big Dog, my inside sources tell me, and I didn't think this way a couple of days ago, it's going to be as loud and rowdy and supportive an atmosphere as Happy Valley has ever seen. And if you've seen some of the Penn State games, that's saying quite a lot. I believe the crowd will be fully behind, not what happened, but behind the players and the football team in support of them. You're exactly right. These players did nothing wrong. They've been swept up into this scandal, okay? Obviously, this scandal is a trillion times more important than football, okay? Yep. There's no there's no question about that. But this is also part of the it's part of the process. I mean, this we need to make people aware of what you need to do, okay? And I don't think just like ending Penn State's football season is going to cure the fact that somebody should have been arrested and put in jail back in 1998, okay? So these new allegations, all this stuff coming out that, there was a, like, they forced Sandusky to retire in 1998 and they knew of all these allegations about him. Like, it wasn't in 2002 when Paterno found out, he found out in 1998. That's what But still didn't go to the police. Yeah. Still and didn't check and see if, you know, if there was a chance that he was still doing it. By the way, David Olson, I, it wasn't reported, but I think there was a very small but significant thing uh, that, that changed in the story yesterday. Joe Paterno was originally reported had contacted the university president. I could be wrong on this, but now it's said that Joe Paterni did go to the head of campus police. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a little bit of a change. I think it's significant. And then the question comes, Big Dog, who's investigating the head of campus police? What the hell happened there? That's that's the next big scandal. No, you're right. We have to find out what happened in the whole chain of command issue. And as, as upset as I am that Paterno didn't follow up and all that stuff, I'm going to find out who else didn't do their job and how much of a cover-up yeah. was it. Was it a brush under the table and, a, like, how bad is it? Let's not put, like, or is it something where yeah. it's a total I think we, we talked about that yesterday. The next people to come under the uh, the barbecue pit are going to be the campus police, I believe. And, and where did that story go? So we'll find out uh, more about that. Now, you're going to make your beat the smells picks and correct me if I'm wrong. You are going to uh, go against the tailwind and you're actually going to make this game one of your picks or – I am gonna I am gonna make this game wow. one of my picks. And uh, I, I did pick the biggest game of the weekend and I picked uh the, the Nebraska Penn State game, which I guess now yeah. is the biggest game of the weekend in, in some way. Just to let you know, Coach, I guess the newest development is this is uh Mike McCreary, the guy that didn't have enough uh waybos to go and stop Jerry Sandusky from raping the boy, yep. is not gonna be uh coaching with Penn State this Saturday. Yep. There have been numerous death threats. And basically people wow. said, I'm not going to kill him at the game because I don't want to embarrass Penn State. We're going to kill him some other day if he ever uh, yeah. coaches for Penn State again. Seriously, the guy is well, getting legitimate, like, yeah, worries well, people, from the like, We're going to shoot you on the sideline. It's yeah. like, no, if you people, coach again, we'll get you one day. People need and, to and, tone down and relax about that, let the facts come out. But the, my question is, why, why was he, if he fired Paterno on the spot, yeah. why would you even consider having this guy Right, wrong, or anywhere in the vast in between, why would you even consider having him on the sidelines or upstairs? Coach. Coach, he's also their recruiting coordinator. Mike McCreary is the guy that heads up recruiting. That guy needs to be fired immediately. Immediately. 
To ha- even have them any party or your football program is disgusting. They need to take a hose to the whole thing. And I hate to tell you, some of these guys had nothing to do with it, but they need to, everybody in the whole football program needs to go now. There was one article I read in the uh, paper about who would take over the program and, you know, different coaches mentioned and then one name that came out and said, yes, that's the guy who's got Pennsylvania roots, Tony Dungy. Oh my goodness. He would coach. be the perfect guy to bring in at this point. Yes. Yes. Basically, just have Tony Dungy. Tony, can you give us three to five years yeah. in this place? And if they come out with a scandal on Tony Dungy, by the way, he's got a book out he read, wrote three, four years ago, highly recommended, way beyond football. Great lessons on life, very inspirational. If there's a scandal with Tony Dungy, Big Dog, then I will, I'll drop my love of sports and I'll start, um, I don't know, I'll start following kayak racing. Well, I gotta tell you something, that kayak racing is still a sport, coach. Sorry about that. Didn't mean to insult okay. the kayakers out there. Well, by, the way, mean, by the way, as we head into our Beat the Schmoes football picks, David Olson, hottest predictor around. I'm trying to fight back after a bounce back weekend. The big dog, you're back on the right track. We invite our listeners to make their picks to Beat the Schmoes, 888-463-6748. David Olson, there is a rumor out there. A couple of emailers said this. You know, Stephen Jobs' uh, famous last words, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. It's become pretty publicized. <laughs> there is a rumor that apparently some people feel those comments were made based on Big Dog's Beat the Schmoes football predictions that week. Oh. <laughs> he, he was actually looking at your picks. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, people are thinking it's about the hereafter, you know, and all these philosophical things. In fact, Joel, his last thought might have been looking at your three football picks. I feel I'm touched, Coach. It's nice to know. No, you okay, should be. One of the most influential, important people yes. in, in human history the last yep. 10, 20 years, yep. is, 30 years, is yeah. thinking of me. Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech. Oh, wow. Okay. At any rate, some, some of those uh, rumors are unfounded. All right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Dog, do you want to go uh, first, second, or third as the reigning ombudsman and the king of our salute to the troops here on a Veterans Day Friday? We give you the first selection. Okay, I'll go first, Coach, and I'll make this quick, everybody. Uh, talking about, oh, Penn State, they haven't practiced all week. you got Tom Bradley trying to put the game plan in on Thursday. There's no way that they can possibly win. Well, uh, I think they're going to win this game. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. I'll take those three-and-a-half. And I'm rooting for the Penn State players because they shouldn't have been going, going through anything like this. Yep. So uh, I, I want them to show up with some class uh, on Saturday and play a great <coughs> football game. So. Yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, Iowa. Coach, they're a little bit better than anybody thinks they are. Iowa's a three-point underdog at home to Michigan State. <laughs> take Iowa, take the points, plus three. That's another victory, another upset Ooh. victory at home. Another really? shot against Mark D'Antonio late in the season. They lose a game like this, people are going to, as good as the program has been for uh, the Fighting Spartans, if they keep losing late-season games like this, and they got conference championship right there for them. They got lucky a little mm-hmm. bit, but if they lose this one, dog, there'll be a little bit of talking. Not a lot, but a little bit down in uh, Spartanland. Do, do you remember how great of a season they were having last year when yep. they were undefeated? Yep. Uh, who did they lose to in November? Northwestern? They lost, at, they lost at Iowa, Coach. Okay. So this is they're playing in Iowa two years in a row. This whole new realignment is really done some Big Ten teams wrong okay. with Illinois. It did them pretty well, but that's another issue altogether. Uh, now, uh, for the, the game of the week in college football, the, re- the real game of the week, not the game of the week because of the whole Penn State scandal, is is Oregon 
going into Ooh. Stanford. Now you got Oregon, who was uh, uh, you know an extra point away from from beating Auburn last year in the in the national title game. They're a three point underdog. That's it. Only a three point underdog at Stanford. Sitting here coming in, I'm like, uh, well, that doesn't really make any sense. Stanford's going to hammer this team, coach. This is one of the years, and I know, uh, I mean, uh, Oregon has a track team and they can run all over the place. Stanford's going to punch this team in the mouth over and over and over again. I, I, I honestly see Stanford scoring at least 40 points. This game is definitely Stanford minus three. Now I got news for you. They, they're going to probably need to score 40 points. Right? I guess it's a good point because yeah, Oregon scored 40 points. Oregon destroyed Stanford last year. Destroyed. The score was like 31-31 at half, and the final score ended up being like 63-31 to 31 or something like that. It was ugly. It's not going to happen this year, Coach. I mean, that's, like Stanford, is. this is like the game all year long they've been waiting for. You know what I mean? So, And considering they've executed all season long, it's not like they have to put it all together this game. It's like this is a game that they've circled on their calendar all season. They're only lost last season. They get retribution. Should be a great game. Saturday night, 7 o'clock. I'll have it on the tape machine. If you want to call me Sunday morning, Big Dog, if you're up around 645, I will be uh, watching the game with my nice cup of coffee, my hearing aids on, so I don't uh, have the volume too loud and wake up everybody in the house. But very much looking forward to that game. So you are picking Stanford over Oregon. Now, if Stanford does win big, it's going to create a little bit of a controversy because, again, if Stanford really rolls over Oregon, they're going to prove, hey, This is a team that should be in the national championship game. Assuming Oklahoma State continues to win and LSU does, you are going to have the top three teams. One team is going to be on the outside looking in, and that one team could be Stanford, again, if they beat Oregon big. Yes, yes. We'll we'll see how that that transpires. I have no problem right now with Oklahoma. Like, I don't know if the season ended today. Well, it doesn't. But I have no problem with Oklahoma State ahead of, of Stanford for now. Just like you said, Coach, for now. Okay. Let's see how this season plays out because Oklahoma State, they still have to go into Texas Tech. And like I said yesterday, the, the, the possibility of upsets are very, very slim for considering the fact that Kansas State woke up uh, Oklahoma State last week and Texas Tech's already beat Oklahoma. So Oklahoma State's not going to go down there and get pants. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. So they're going to, they'll be ready to play football. Uh, but after that, they still got Oklahoma, Coach. And then Oklahoma, Oklahoma State has to play in the, in the Big 12 championship game against, who knows, if somebody from the North is not going to be that good, it'll probably be Kansas State again, coach. So that'll be an easy game. The Pac-12 champion, the Pac-12 championship is going to be actually a heck of a barn burner for Stanford because they're going to, uh, who knows, they'll be taking on Arizona State, UCLA, Utah. They, we have no ideas coming out of the, uh, out of the right. South yet. So. Bottom line is a lot more football still to be played. Yeah. All right. We'll find out. Let's uh, continue on. Beat the Schmoes here to Football Friday. Then we'll finish up the show with Big Dog's uh, salute to the troops, uh, which he did uh, brilliantly early in the show. David Olson, you want to uh, go clean up today? Or t- oh, look at that, David. Very confident going to the cleanup spot. All right, I'm going all NFL games today in honor of our military. It's going to be uh, the defense. The defense is going to turn the tide in all three of these games, Big Dog. New Orleans Saints against the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons are hot all of a sudden. The Saints are kind of the schizophrenic team, up again, down again, up again, down again. I predict they will be down. The game is at Atlanta, and it's a pick 'em. At Atlanta, I like the odds. I thought the Falcons would be slight favorite. I will take Matthew Ryan, Michael the Burner Turner, Julio Jones, and that 
up-and-coming, I won't say great, but up-and-coming Atlanta Falcon defense to knock off the New Orleans Saints. Game two, this is the one I like the most, Bills at the Cowboys. They got me a good feeling about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, not Rex Ryan, but I get all the Ryan boys mixed up. Rob Ryan, he's the coach of the Dallas defense. Rob Ryan, longtime supporter of the veteran troops. He will give some big speech about the military. He'll connect it with the defense. Look for Dallas to shut out. Shut out the Buffalo Bills, big dog. Dallas. Favored by five and a half, I'll give up the five and a half. They're at home against the Buffalo Bills. Finally, Houston Texans taking on Tampa Bay. Tough game right here. Buccaneers four and four. Houston Texans six and three. I think the Texans are for real this year, but I think Tampa Bay steps up a win. Josh Freeman, big game. The Buccaneer defense, in honor of Veterans Day, comes through with a big win. I'll take Tampa Bay over the beloved Houston Texans. Whoa, that's that's that. I like that coach. That's and by the way, the point spread on that is uh, it's at Tampa, and I'm getting three points. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm going to start with that one, but I'm going the other way. <laughs> you son of a. I, well, no, I was waiting for that. You, you're right. <laughs> it, 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 you're, it, you're right. It is going to be uh, defense, defense, but Houston's got a much better defense than okay. Tampa Bay. Andre Johnson, by the way, may play. He may play. Yeah, may play, and it's amazing because he's generally considered the best receiver in football, and, and their passing game, their receiving yardage has been better without the guy. Which you know, go figure. Well, they spread yeah, whoever thought that. Yep. All right, game two, Dave. Uh, game two, don't like to kick teams when they're down, but I'm going to do it. Uh, Jacksonville's a three-point favorite at Indianapolis, taking Jacksonville Oof. in that one. You'll be happy to know I almost picked Indy in this game. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the final one, uh, the Jets are a point-and-a-half favorite at home against New England, taking the Jets in that one. Uh, the, oh, God. The Jets' offense is kind of clicking, and New England's defense is terrible. It is. But, but Bill Belichick is uh, the master surgeon known for sewing up a sick defense, Big Doe. What do you think? This is one of the games of the weekend, the Jets in New England. What do you see? Well, it's, uh, if you got to sew up a weak defense, and all you got is, like, chain leak defense, it's really not going <laughs> to do the surgery job. Yeah. <laughs> The patient would have a hard time recuperating. It's, it's the, the Patriots' defense has no pass rush whatsoever, Coach. It's really, really bad. I mean, quarterbacks have all day. If you have Mark Sanchez in a fantasy league, you want if you have no quarterback, just start Mark Sanchez this week. He's going to have 300 yards passing. I mean, it's guaranteed. They're the worst defense in football, Coach. Nobody picked the New York Giants 49ers game, also one of the marquee games. Who would have thunk it at the start of the year? But it's a big game. Giants? Six and two at Frisco, seven and one. A proving game for both teams. What happens here, Doug? That's a, that's a good one because both these teams are extremely hot too. The Giants had their problems earlier in the season. Last couple of weeks, Eli Manning has been phenomenal. I would pick. Forget about the points right here because I don't know what it is, but I, I would pick the 49ers to win that game right now. They're playing really, really good football, and to ask the Giants to go all the way across the country and win a game, this is asking mm-hmm. for a lot right now. Okay, 49ers favored by three and a half. Amazing turnaround for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, the Beat the Schmoes football picks are in. You want to make your picks, you can do it at uh, emailing Mike2Guys at AOL.com, M-I-C in the number two, mike 2 Guys, AOL.com. Final thoughts are yours, Big Dog. It's a football Friday, big weekend, and again, uh, happy Veterans Day to you and yours, and uh, of course, your uh, dad, who sadly has passed away, but was, uh, as you described early in the show, a tremendous infantryman. Phenomenal. He was uh, was the tip of the bayonet, the guy that went out and and led everybody out and and told everybody where to go. It was uh, the radio operator, Uh, so it was, uh, I don't know, 
this day has always meant a lot to me, and especially after how much I found out what my dad did coach. But mm-hmm. all of us, you know, it's pretty sad that if you think about it, you watch TV nowadays and reality shows, oh, Kim Kardashian is, is getting a divorce, all this other crap, when, you know, we've been in a war in Iraq since 2003. I think people forget. We've been in Afghanistan since 2002. We're in two different countries, let alone all over how many other countries around the world that uh, the U.S. has been in over the last 10, 20 years. So it's kind of easy to forget. I know what, like, I don't know if everyone's complaining about how rough it is and you don't have money like you used to, but we live pretty great lives here in the United States, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have to do with the freedoms that we have because of the veterans that have laid down so many sacrifices for us. So we, we need to remember them. I worry a little bit about the kids today um, appreciating that particular aspect of it, especially if my kids are typical of many others, and sadly I think they are. You know, it's, it's a day off of school today, Big Dog. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know how many of them are really appreciating what the day is all about, not just a day to sleep in late and have a free day. Well, I'll make it a point, Coach, to, to do something proactive for the people in my life to have them do something uh, special today. Every every little bit of good is better than the best of intentions. The slightest bit of good is better than the pen, uh, best of intentions. Any little thing you can do, Big Dog, is always appreciated. Always good, Coach. All right, my friend, we got to wrap it up. We will see you on Monday. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a good report uh, talking about the Bears game over Detroit, okay? I'll try to text you at halftime. Uh, sounds good. Illinois against Michigan, Woo! too. Big, big game for the Illini. It is a big game. Nobody talking about it, but uh, that'll be on the tape machine as well. And I know you'll be watching the Big Ten Soccer Championship as well. I'm sure Indiana is involved in it, Coach. Uh, and Northwestern, your Big Ten regular season champions, my Northwestern Wildcats. Thank you very much. Well, getting it done, Coach. All right. Dog, have a great weekend. David Olson, our producer, phenomenal job all week long. You go 3-0 and once again, and we will uh, name you. Uh, we'll give you official sainthood. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Veterans Day to one and all. And we will see you on Monday at 10 o'clock. Don't be late.